Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, C. Davis, 646-668-2182 is the number. Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to have a good time tonight. Sounds like I got a little bit of an echo, but nevertheless, um, we, we go here on the show. Um if you can hear me and it sounds a little odd, it's because I am actually from another room. I'm not in the lab. The lab has been broken down. Um, a lot of moving is taking place, uh, sad to say, but um, hopefully new and greener pastures to come down the road. Heading out to Ann Arbor, uh, certainly B. Ellis, McGriff TV. Game four of the NBA Finals is tomorrow, but a lot to discuss about game one through three. JR and his blunder, LeBron James and his greatness, and Kevin Durant and all of his assassins. A lot to discuss. The NHL Stanley Cup playoffs is taking place as well. 3-1 deficit. The Golden Knights are down as well. The Capitals might be able to get it done, but as I just alluded to on Fred House Sports, again, you can catch those guys every Thursday night before us on Blog Talk Radio 7 to 9. If the Golden Knights win this, they're going to win the Stanley Cup Finals. If they win tonight, it's coming back to, go, to Vegas, and they're going to close them out in seven. But we'll see. We'll talk about that a little bit, get TV's thoughts on that, uh, and also the NFL and all of its foolery, as we always do every single week. We'll talk about that as well. So if you want to join the conversation, join us tonight. 646-668-2182 is the telephone number. Let's get the guys in. Got McGriff and TV tonight. What's good, fellas? What up, though? What's going on? Nothing? Okay. Not much, fellas. Not much. So I, I, I got I to say this, fellas, because <clears throat> obviously, you know, we're getting ready to move. Got boxes everywhere. Got just things going on. Um and all yeah, I got boxes everywhere, too. All my stuff back there. Yeah, right. So we got a lot of stuff. But, McGriff, and all of the years of moving, this is the first time I've heard of this, where the place you're getting ready to move to has all of a sudden told you that the place is unavailable. So we are literally sitting back trying to figure out what the hell we're going to do. It's been uh, a roller coaster of the last 24 hours. So yeah, this this is uh this is peace and solace right now. <laughs> this is peace and solace I, right I'd now. I say I I say y'all can come stay with me, but uh I, I'm moving out on Sunday, so uh yeah 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 the whole operation is just shot right now. <laughs> it's just, I have no idea what side is up right now, man. But what I do know, fellas, is that unlike the situation I just described, the NFL has a situation of their own. Griff, we talked about it last week. TV was part of that conversation as well. Um, Agent Orange strikes again. This time he actually takes shots at the owners of the NFL. And I think for once, I honestly want to see the owners step up. And I think that they've been put in a situation, fellas, 
where if they don't step up and say something, they're going to look like cowards and fools. They already look like that before, but they'll be elevated to a whole different level. I want to get you guys' thoughts on that because the Philadelphia Eagles were supposed to be at the White House. Their offer was rescinded by the president. Um, A lot to be discussed about this. The narrative has changed so many different ways, but I want to get you guys' thoughts on what happened, how do you feel about it, and what do you think the owners should do now now that they're pointed or put in this situation? I, I want to kind of go around the table, and whoever wants to go first, go for it. Go ahead, TV. Uh, <clears throat> I heard a little bit of talk as far as the uh, as far as old boy, uh, Agent Forty Five, man, and um, I don't know. I'm just not. I'm not surprised about it. I mean, if you if you look at the overall season where, you know, majority of the players were protesting their own and and rightful way, um, you knew this was coming as far as them not going to the White House. But I'm not surprised. Um, I expect to see a lot of teams in the next, I'll say, what next year and a half or so that won't that will not be attending the White House visit. And um, I don't know, man. It's it's it, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say it's a, it's a sad thing. It's just we're in a place where, you know, even as an athlete, you know, you have the right to protest. You have the right to voice your opinions about certain things. And man, it seems like no, you know, it seems like. The best, not the best thing, but the, the fans and ownership and even politicians wants to do want want them to do is just be quiet and play, shut up and play ball, shut up and run up down the field, shut up and run up and down the court. So, mm. I mean, what more can you say about it, right? TV, what's what's, uh, what's interesting about that? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, McGriff. Hold up. What's interesting about what you just said is that the Eagles they didn't. Only certain players decided not to go, as we've seen before, like a Tom Brady and other notable um, um, sports players who didn't go to the Obama administration. So it's not like that is unheard of, which I can respect people's opinions and their thoughts. If you don't agree with the president, you don't want to go. And I, I, I get all of that. But I guess what's baffling to me is that the comments made by the president in regards to staying in the locker room, wasn't decided by the NFL players. They didn't even have a voice at the, at the table when this rule was came about. It was actually the owners that said it. So the narrative that came out of the president's mouth is not even about the players and their disrespect. It's more about the owners and their decision for the players. So villainizing the players, I think, is, is, is comical at this point. But, I, you know, McGriff, I mean, I want to get your thoughts, man, because, again, the narrative switches so many times. One minute is to the players and the heat is there. Now we're talking about ownership, and we should be talking about ownership. At what point do we just say, you know what, this is it, this is what we're going to do, this is what needs to be done, and we move on and we start talking about football again? So, yeah, I don't know if we'll ever get to that point. I, it, it's, it's, there's so many different ways I can go with this. Um, but I, I think the path I'm going to take right now, it, well, first, let me make the point that the, the orange person in the used-to-be White House, uh, you know, it's a little Cheeto-dusted now, um, <laughs> he has a lot of people that agree with him and that take the same stances that he does and think that everything that comes out of his mouth and everything he's saying and doing is absolutely correct in the way things should be. So, 
in essence, like this whole debacle, this all this drama, all these different um, things that keep coming to light, is really holding a mirror up to the country. You know, um, we all know the Constitution, we all know the amendments, we all know all that good stuff, but this is really exposing like all the asterisks that exist on the Constitution. It's like, yes, you have freedom of speech as long as you say the things that we approve for you to say. You have freedom to protest as long as you do the protest in the approved way that we say you can do. You can have freedom of religion if you believe in this one religion. You know? Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think that it's, it's, ever, it's necessarily just going to die. And the NFL is being very tone deaf, um, especially with the announcement that came out last week. So, I'm really right. interested to see what these owners are going to do in support of their players. Um, I've seen, like, rumors floating around that a pretty significant group of players are considering, like, sitting out the season, if not sitting out some games, just because of the uh, the BS policies that are really being enacted. So, yeah, I mean, I it, it, it makes it hard because I know we all talk about how much we love the game of football, but it, it makes it really hard to be a fan. You know, I know last year – yeah. Wow, I said that I wasn't going to watch any games for some strange reason. Um, the team in Honolulu <laughs> Blue kept appearing on my TV, and I mm-hmm. spotted at Fort Field a couple times. <laughs> Might have been wearing some Lions apparel. Um, but it, it, it's hard to support. Like, I know I didn't – You did have like, your chain on, though, man. About the Remember Lions. that. You did have that. Uh, yeah, I definitely had my chain on, and I was definitely sitting during the anthem. Um, and I, I, I definitely <laughs> pissed off some, um, some Anglo-Saxons, but uh, – yeah, I mean, it, it makes it hard, man. It's like you, you can't escape from it. And usually football and sports is therapy. It's a way to escape from the things that are going on in the world. But now you can't. It, it just it's kind of follows you everywhere. So, uh, And to touch on the whole Eagles thing, man, like I don't know how many times people can say or try to reiterate the reason why they do what they did, like the reason why you're kneeling for the anthem and – it's just crazy how easily the narrative can get spun and somebody can tell you this is why I'm doing this and they say, no, this is the real reason why you're doing it. Like, and that makes absolutely no sense. It's like um, there was a picture. Not that I'm not even going to go in that. But it's just – it's really about being silent, man. It's just, it really speaks to who we are as a people and who we are as a country. Like, there's a lot of wrongs that have been perpetrated by – United States that people still don't want to own up to. And I don't know, man. I was listening to Michael Jackson last week, man. We really need to take, take a look at the man in the mirror and uh, ask him to change his ways. I was going to say, are you going to make a reference to heal the world, make it a better place? Cause, uh, no, man. I think the man in the mirror was a better, uh, was, was a better uh, illusion right there. That, that, yeah, that, that's, that's well put, man. Well put. Um, Ellis, good evening, sir. want to make sure we, we give you a proper introduction as well. Um, I think what's interesting, I think what's interesting, Ellis, about this entire subject is that the one team that really didn't have a player protest or take a knee was the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> like, that's the part that people don't even realize. Not one player from the Philadelphia Eagles took a knee. Now, yes, we had um, the fist pump uh, from, from a couple of the players, and, and Chris Long notably joined them and then also donated his entire NFL player checks from I think maybe the halfway point of the season all the way through um, to the end of the season, he donated his checks to charities. So that was notable 
from the Philadelphia Eagles. So when they actually come out and say that the Eagles disrespecting the 1,000 fans that come out to support them for winning the Super Bowl, how did they disrespect them? Certain players did just didn't want to go. You guys made it about the, the anthem and all of this other hot garbage, and now you're making this more about you and your narrative versus what the narrative should be. So what's your thoughts on that, Ellis? Yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, Philadelphia, they definitely uh, were, were, you know, stood in arms at, um, and supported one another uh, and supported some of the players that, that really uh, did have emphasis on and strong feelings toward uh, the, the movement uh, in regards to taking the knee. But like you said, none of them actually uh, did that in any form, shape, or fashion. So uh, for them to, to, again, kind of paint the narrative that, you know, they're being disrespectful. And then ultimately I've heard 45 take a stance that even if they're in the back of the locker room, they're still being disrespectful. Like, you know, it's just, it's like you said, the, the silence, that the way that he's been and have the ability to silence the, the overall initiative is, is really, is it's unfortunate. You know, and then the many, the millions and people, different bodies of people that still, I'm not going to say different bodies, but millions of people that want to go on a deaf ear in regards to what the true movement was. It's definitely shameful and, and unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, as far as back to the answering your question again, though, um, I think the, it was a pretty substantial number of Eagles uh, that stated they didn't want to go, though. Um, not to no, say that it's not even surprising to me. He uh, pretty much he pulled back the offer from the Warriors. Uh, so, this, again, like, it's, it's, I'm not surprised. So, um, you know, I, the only teams I see going to this is going to be, and I'm not, I don't know, probably a bunch of hockey teams and Patriots. You know, if they go back again, but I, you know, it is what it is. That's the that's where we're at right now. Um, and yeah, in regards to the, the Eagles, like I said, I think there's only about four people that that actually committed to wanting to go on a team of about you know sixty, seventy people. So, you know, that being said, I, I think their message was strong. They went on with their with their day, went on with their OTAs, and and it, it is what it is. I think you're gonna, like you said, uh, or TV and everybody said, it's gonna be. A lot of years with this going on, you know, it, you know, at least through 2020, that uh, these right. these these sports teams are not going to attend this event. Uh, unfortunately, it's you know it has become less of a priority, or I mean, less of a an, as an event that you want to be seen being a part of. Um, especially if the person that you're in theory going to visit doesn't doesn't share the same views for for you, and pretty much holds such a strong weight on on the you know the oppression of uh, a large, large, large group of people in this country. It's just sad. It's sad. It's a sad day right now. It is, and I said this um, earlier as well, gentlemen. I, I, I'll, I'll say it again. The fabric of America, if you're a sports fan, is is so cool to see a president embrace sports teams. To be honest with you, I saw a lot of that from our previous president, whether it was hockey, baseball softball, college basketball, you know, athletes across all types of spectrums to see a sport in, uh, to see a president involved in sports, because the one thing that we all can agree on, regardless of what's going on in the nation, regardless of what's going on in personal lives or whatever the case may be, you can always count on shutting the door, turning the TV on, cracking the brew open and watching some sports. That's the one thing that we can rally around. And one of the sports that we could do that for be quite honest, fellas, it's football. And he has absolutely stripped that away from us. Most importantly, I want to make sure everybody knows who can who's listening to our show today, and I don't know if you guys were aware, 
this president currently was ousted by a lot of owners because he could not buy an NFL team. So I really believe a lot of that jealousy that Indy is spewing out on the NFL and anything he can do to tear down this fabric, he'll do. Because it's funny you talk about not being American or being patriotic when this sport kind of showcases all of that and it wraps up in a ball about what America really is all about in football. You can We can do that and talk about it all day long, but I thought that that was an interesting narrative to say because this clown couldn't own a team. And I think it was the Buffalo Bills. I don't know if anybody wants to keep me honest. I think he wanted to buy the Buffalo Bills. And they said, hell, yep, the all the owners said, nope, that can't do it, won't do it. And, um, yeah, I think that's all jealousy. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, he actually uh, – uh, Go ahead, McGriff. I'm sorry, go ahead. Um, yeah, yeah he, he was trying to buy the Buffalo Bills. But um, I was going to interject and say what would be really, like, extra dope is if the Obamas just, like, happened to throw a barbecue and, like, the Eagles just happened to show up. <laughs> and like BET was there and I was like with the whole thing. Yeah, and then yeah. Yeah. Go <laughs> T V what were you gonna oh, say, man? Yeah. hopefully not B E T, brother. Uh, oh man. Right. But uh, I mean, well, what, what, who, who, the old, you how about have? the old the O B T? How about the you know the O B T you trying to bring Cedar and uh and hits and uh <laughs> uh Rap the basement and all that? And uh, 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 what's it? What was the other show with Jackie Reed? Remember Jackie Reed? She was on there. She did. Uh-huh. She did a nice show. Oh, and Tavis Smiley. Yeah, and Freezy come back. He said what? They gonna do BET Uncut too? Oh, oh man, we, we gotta save that for the uh, post game show. <laughs> Dude, I just got wow. some new fabrics, man. I'm feeling good, man. <laughs> <laughs> It's gonna be dark, all right. No, I was gonna, I was gonna say, actually, that is correct. He tried to, he tried to uh, get get ownership of the Buffalo Bills, and when that failed, he actually sued the owners, and he won the lawsuit, and he was awarded three dollars and forty one cents, and was, and pretty much, on top of that, he he was banned from ever trying to own an NFL team. So there's a lot of hate on, yeah. on his side. A lot of hate, man, and it's it's so it's so clear how much he hates the NFL and everything it stands for. And I don't think we once even brought up race. I think McGriff was going there, but we could do that all day. I think we could spend a lot of time with that. We just stuck solely on the sports aspect of it. I need this to get cleared up fast, though, fellas, because the more that this continues to go on, I told you guys I was really excited about, you know, the Monday night game, the, you know, the opener of the Lions games, and then turn around and play the Patriots. I've you know, seen Tom Brady in, in preseason action, but to actually get to see him in the full and, game and with the Aaron Rodgers game was awesome. Edelman too, because he was uh, taking them in um, performance enhancing. Yeah, drugs. yeah, a druggie. A beautiful game to go to, man. Awesome game. <laughs> I can't, I cannot support the NFL by buying a ticket to go to their product. I can watch it on TV, but I can't go to their stadium knowing that the owner of this team came out and pretty much tried to bribe the team to make a decision and pretty much do dollars at the situation. If she comes out and supports the players moving forward after this clown said what he just said, fellas, I might change my mind, but I, I can't in my right mind go to a game. And you guys know I like these games. I can't, I can't do it. And I'm almost at the point now, TV, where you were last year, where I'm just going to just say to hell with the NFL period, because it's just, it's just unfortunate. I've, I've honestly grown a, a, a passion for the NHL watching the Stanley Cup Finals, I, I'll become a hockey fan very quickly because hockey seems to be kind of dope. Just being yeah. honest. 
Hockey, yeah, hockey, hockey is dope. But even hockey has their uh, hockey has their racist moments. So just be just be they aware. Do. Of, just be aware of that. Oh, but yeah. uh, I would say this last season, yeah, it was hard not watching the first four games. But and I think I mentioned this before. Once I started watching it again, I just didn't have that excitement. Wasn't there anymore? Because for the first time uh, ever, you know, first time you know uh, of watching, you know, watching football, it was. It was it was clearly revealed, clearly revealed how these owners felt, not just about the players, but just you know people of color. Like we knew, we know how these fans are when it comes to sure. people of color. You know, making you know protesting or voicing their opinions about inequality and so on. But you know, when you have an owner, for example, Martin Ford saying, "Well, don't protest. Just tell me what organization you support, and I'll I'll contribute." To me, you trying to buy my silence. And then you have the owner down in Jacksonville saying, well, I'm going to stand with these players. But, yeah, you're the same guy, one of, what, six owners that funded number 45 uh, campaign. So, you know, as this season gets ready to uh, come around, you know, I don't know, man. It's just it's just the excitement for NFL is, is, isn't the same. Only good thing about it is, I'll say, is that T.O. is going in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, let's talk about that real fast because the news came out today. Um, Adam Schefter kind of broke the news about T.O. rescinding the offer to actually come to Canton mm-hmm. and accept his Hall of, you know, and do his induction there where he said that he wants to do it in a private site. Now, some would say TV, and again, I'm not hating on T.O. I know y'all came at me with all type of anger last year that I was hating on T.O. I, I don't hate him, but T.O. has that reputation. It, do you? I, we don't really know why he decided to make this decision, but it's hard not to think about that reputation and the decision he just made. So, what do you think about that? He he came out today and pr- pretty much said, "I, re- I, you know, I'm not going. I'll come up with a venue on my own. I'll announce it before the hall. Thank you for your kindness and patience. Good night." What do you think about that? Um. I'm kind of I'm kind of mixed on it because on one hand I'm like you know T.O.'s going to do what T.O. Uh, has always mm-hmm. you know wants to do and that's just doing what T.O. wants to do and we shouldn't be surprised about it but on the other on the flip side I feel like you know you not I'm not going to say you you complain but you campaign and you actually sure had did. a valid argument you had a valid argument as to why you should be in the Hall of Fame based on your numbers based on your contribution to the to the sport itself. So, I feel like on that side, look, man, you did all you did all this hooping and hollering. Just go to Canton, do your thing. I mean, the fans are going to be excited for the guy that was, you know, the guy. I'm not gonna say he started, but who, who, who pretty much uh, was known for his celebration. Who took it to another step. That's what I'm looking at. The, the, the transcender, right. or transcended, that is. But uh, right. I, I don't know, man. When I heard that this this morning, I was like, "Come on, T.O. Like, like, yeah, really? Like, I get it. Maybe he wants to. Maybe he wants to just enjoy the moment, uh, with with close friends and family surrounded. But look, everybody else went, to, you know, went to Canton, gave beautiful, gave a beautiful speech, and acknowledged this person, that person. Because he even said, I don't know if it was last, I think it was last week or a couple of days ago, that one he was going to have one of his uh, former wide receiver coaches uh, introduce him. And I think it was during the time when he was at, uh, when he was with the San Francisco 49ers. So 
for him to say he's just not going to go, at, at this point, he look, look, y'all, he's in. I mean, hey, what, 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 what more do we want? He's in. Let's just move it on. Let's just keep it moving, right? I mean, yeah, I, I guess you're right, TV and and Ellis. I, I want to get your thought because you was you was right there campaigning with him, and I I couldn't stand it, but I, I just I just feel like. To TV's point, you did all of this whooping and hollering and crying and, oh, woe is me, and they finally let you in there. And part of the reason why they felt like you didn't get in there was because of your character, nothing else, your character. And as prestige as the NFL Hall of Fame is, and the the moment that you could have had on that stage, you take it upon yourself to be selfish and do this and announce, like, oh, well, I'll give give you guys the idea in the venue when it's announced and what I'm going to do. That's so T.O., man. Like, this is the reason why they didn't want him in the fame to begin with. Do you agree with that? Uh, Okay. I don't know, man. Part of me me feels like, you know, uh, I hear everything that you're saying and you know, it is a it is a level of that's why we didn't want them in here anyway, kind of thing. Another part says just the climate of the NFL right now. Uh, in addition to him being denied his rightful due uh, multiple times, not once but twice, uh, being denied, uh, they, they made it about they made it about something other than his his play and his skill set on the on the field, and you know. I think some of the antics had, well, the antics obviously had a lot to do with that. Um, but at the same time, if it's a football decision, then, you know, that being said, I, I don't know. I'm kind of like, I, you know, I get it. Take a stance on it. You know, you were denied multiple times. These are the same people that didn't want to see you there anyway. Uh, so to make the choice not to go and just, you know, at the end of the day, he's still going to be inducted. Uh, does it need to be around a bunch of fake people that didn't want him there anyway? Uh, it's questionable. So I don't know. I'm kind of kind of fifty fifty on it. But you know, okay. it's very so, to like. That's a that's that's a, that, you know what, Ellis. That's that's a great that was a great that was a great point, man. I mean, I didn't think about it that way. I mean, for the past years, you know, hey, like I said, he complained. I mean, not complained, but you know, he campaigned and had a right to do that. He should have the moment he was available for the Hall of Fame. He should have been in right away. But then when you think yeah. about it, too, as far as, well, damn, do you, do I, does he go? And all these people, a good a good portion of them who didn't want him in the Hall of Fame, it's like, well, damn, do I really want to be around y'all? I mean, y'all didn't want me here. So hopefully, again, hopefully he just, hopefully he just, he, he'll have something, you know, wherever he's, wherever his um, residence is at around and surround himself around family and friends. But that's a good point that you made, man. So let me ask you. Let me guys. Let me ask you guys this question. This one player was, um, and, and McGriff, I'm gonna get your thoughts for sure after I ask this question. This one player uh-huh. yep, yep. spent his time in the NFL. He caught over 13,000 yards, 130 touchdowns. Um, his longest reception on average was 80 yards. Um, he always he was always a, a character in the locker room, et cetera. Never won a championship. He was denied multiple times into the Hall of Fame. He didn't get in in his first ballot, second ballot, or third, but he did get inducted. You guys know who I'm referring to? Uh, what is, are you talking about Chris Carter? Talking about Chris Carter. So Chris Carter also 
surefire bona fide Hall of Famer on stats on paper, but he didn't get in his first year or second year. He didn't go about that way with like T.O. did. And I'm not saying, you know, Chris, Kurt, Chris Carter did have his off-the-field issues as well because he dealt with alcoholism and drugs. But he didn't do the same things that T.O. did. So I hear you, Ellis, when you say that, but then I defer to players who did not get in their first and second year either who have a valid argument from a stat standpoint that should get in and was denied multiple times until he did get in. And he didn't complain. He didn't, he didn't do all this champagneing and campaigning. And then when he got in, he didn't say, well, the hell with the NFL anyway because y'all didn't want me in here. He took it with class. He got in when he what thought Mar- it was a about uh, Harrison? No, I'm talking about Chris Carter. About Harrison. Carter, okay. I mean, so I hear you. Your boy Chris Carter had a lot of off-the-field issues, though, man. You yeah, know, and, and like, I said that. Students, I acknowledge like, that. He had off-the-field issues as well. He had drugs and alcohol. So I, I think, you know, once again, there's a certain level of uh, humbleness that we all have to have. But I think on the Chris Carter tip, you know, that, that you, you had to kind of chill out until your number was called because you you weren't, you know, you weren't necessarily the ideal image, you know, and that was based off of, a lot of his own personal choices and destructive choices that he made in his own life off the That's field true. That, that led to that. Now, T.O., man, as much as, we, as much as we want to say about him, you know, a-hole tendencies, all that stuff, the dude's performance, that he's the second best receiver in the league behind Jerry Rice. Like, mm, point blank and, and period. I agree. So, it, it's, sure. it's, it's no questions to be asked when he's eligible, put that man in there. And you know, they, they purposely denied this man. You know, like, he didn't have any off-the-field issues, no drug incidents, you know, none of that. You know, so strictly, you know, these were people that didn't like how he, quote-unquote, behaved when he was on the field. Uh, you know, so, again, you know, I get it. You know, I get it. I, either way, I could see if he hadn't went. You know, he wanted to be there. But on the flip side of that, too, if he can – if he's inducted, which he rightfully he should be based off his performance, uh, I'm okay with him not necessarily being there, celebrate with a bunch of people, especially the climate of the NFL, man. It's not about it's not a brotherhood in there anymore, man. I you know, uh, and if it is, it's more so the players, definitely not these owners, and the you know sure. the folks that's putting him in there. You know, these are the ones that are you know kind of running that that particular uh, event. So you know, it. To be a part of it, maybe that's not best right now, given given the climate in the NFL right now and the fact these are the folks that denied him multiple times. They're denying Kaepernick right now. They're denying the Eagles right now. They're, you know, it's, it's just a lot going mm-hmm. on, you know, for sure. players that actually have a stance and have a voice, um, and they're being silenced. And, again, they're, you know, they're letting them know, if, if, if I don't like you, I'm going to be very blatant about it, that, that I'm going to stop you from being successful. You know what I mean? This is going on for in turn. And I'll add this real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Real, I'll be real quick. And that's a good. That was a good comparison, by the way, Chris, between Chris Carter and uh, Terrell Owens. I'll say this: I didn't really know. I didn't know about all the off off the field issues with Chris Carter until uh, until I like basically maybe out of high school, couple you know maybe my first second year of college. But you know when he was with Minnesota. You know, I never really heard anything negative. I don't recall anything really negative about Chris Carter. And even as we got older, 
I mean, yeah, he'll keep. He, I mean, the first time I heard about it was when Chris Carter himself mentioned, hey, he has some off the off the field issues that you know he has some demons he has to deal with. But in a way, the media sometimes could can dictate as far as who can get into the Hall of Fame and who couldn't, who can, in my opinion. I mean, sure. Anytime you watch, you tune into one of these networks, ESPN or or Fox Sports, whatever, and they're talking about you know players that should get into the Hall of Fame. Vice versa. I mean, right away with T.O., they said, well, you know, T.O. was, you know, in, in the locker room, he was this and he was that. But then you have some players or even a few coaches that said, well, yeah, you're going to have you're going to char- have different types of characters in these locker rooms. And Chad Ochocinco, I can't believe, you know, I agree. I mean, Chad, Chad, well, Chad Ochocinco said it best. It's not about what you do in the locker room. It's about your contribution to the game itself. What did you do sure. between those lines? So, that's now, a great comparison, but I just I just think anytime you talk about T.O. in the media, you think about him being a, a and, I and I'm sorry for you saying this, but a character in a locker room, and that's not how yep. that's not how he should be viewed. Well, you know what? In fairness, I, I got to say this and, re, and repeat because I'll, I'll give you another guy who had locker room issues. Okay, locker room issues primarily. And mm-hmm. to Chad Ochocinco, formerly known as Chad Johnson, I, I, for him to say that is hard to validate because I'm going to tell you about a guy that played for five different teams, two-time Pro Bowler, four-time Super Bowl champ, one of the best linebackers in all of the game and played the game between the lines as as physical as a linebacker could play it. He had all types of issues. They do not make it any – trust me, I am not trying to make this man a Hall of Famer when I say his name. Bill Romanowski – was the best middle linebacker to play for the five teams that he played for. He was rightfully so a two-time Hall of Pro Bowler and won four championships. That man is not in the, in the Hall of Fame because of his character, solely because of his antics in the locker room, fighting-type teammates, notable races, and a guy that got into altercations spinning on people on the field. Now, I'm not saying T.O. did any of that. But when we talk about character, T.O. was a character. Don't matter. We ain't talking about what he did as a character. The character is what kept Bill Romanowski out. The character is what kept T.O. out only for two years. And he's a Super Bowl champion. Not just the character with Bill Romanowski, though, but also, remember, he came out and admitted to taking – taking HGH or whatever type of performance. HGH, yeah, later on. But that was later on in his career. So that's 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 part that's no that's I'll probably say the other half is the reason why that keeps him out of the Hall of Fame as well. Sure, sure, sure. All right, McGriff, what you think, man? To you was on that you was on that side too. You know, get that man in the Hall of Fame. Don't matter what. What's your thoughts on this? Uh, I mean, it, it it's it's really <laughs> hard to say, man. I mean, it's, especially in. And the, the climate today, uh, do I think he definitely deserves to be in, the, in there? Yes, but it's it's, it's hard. I, I don't even know which direction to go. To. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I mean, you know what? No, effort. Give it to him, man. He was one of the all-time greats. And yes, I know he had some antics. And some stuff with uh, Red Rover that didn't help his cause, but uh, I'm thinking Red Rover. Sorry. Uh, 
sounds like all, sounds, sounds like a passing play, man. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. I, 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 he definitely deserves a chance to get in there. Of course. And I don't think I, I want to make sure y'all understand again. I'm not saying no from that, but there have been players that had. Chris Carter to to compare Chris Carter only say it from the standpoint of Chris Carter being denied the fame multiple years. His issues had nothing to do with the on field um, antics that T.O. had in the locker room, Ellis. And I hear you when you say that, but his issues was was personal. So to not to deny a man his greatness of his profession because of a personal demon that he's fighting, that to me is absurd. And if that's the reason why you kept him out, that's unfair. To me, that's unfair to compare a man and his character and the things that he did outside the lines as well, but within the confines of their team, to hurt the team, to you know de- degrade players on the team, to not be a team player, to deny a man the Hall of Fame because of that versus a man and his drug issues that didn't impact his performance at all. And the only notable issue that he had was a spat that he had with Danny Green in Minnesota, which all players have to me, says more about Chris Carter's character and how he handled being denied multiple times and T.O. how he got denied twice and then go about doing this. This, to me, is childish, is petty, and it defeats the whole purpose of people defending you. You should be in the Hall of Fame. No denying that you shouldn't even be taking this route. That's how I feel about it. There it is. I was hoping Ellis had a rebut for that, but I guess not. 646-668-2182 is the number. Gentlemen, let's shift over to the NF, uh, to the NBA, where the NBA Finals is taking place. And as we've been doing this for three years, once the Finals is over, we have one more show, and that's a wrap for us for the season. It looks like that this might be the final kind of sports show we have, and then next week it's kind of like see you later because the Golden State Warriors is up 3-0 against the Cleveland Cavaliers. And to be quite honest with you, TV, this series should be 2-1. Cleveland had this Cleveland. game one. They mm-hmm. had LeBron took his threes and... off with three minutes left in the game. <laughs> <laughs> his bags what? are already packed. What? <laughs> he don't care no more. It is what it is. It's a done deal, huh? He took his sleeves off with three minutes left in the game. Like, yeah. he, he was like, you know what? Forget it. <laughs> I ain't staying here no way. I don't care. He picked up I, that purse. And he walked out, He picked man. up his purse, and he was out. <laughs> he said he picked up his hey. purse. <laughs> picked up that purse, mm-hmm. man. Hey, hey, listen. That was a man bag, okay? It was a man bag. I think Ellis has one. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> Dang. Damn. He's not clapping back, man, in his normal fashion. I, I don't know, man. I, maybe his phone is on mute. The um, you tell. <laughs> that man said Ellis has one. He, he said he's got a man bag. So, so let's let's talk it's about this, because obviously we don't want to say the same things that everybody's been saying on TV. We've had tons of days to digest game one through thing three. Looking ahead to game four, is this series over, TV? Yeah, this series is over, man. This series is over. And it's it's interesting that you made that comment about this, this series could be 2-1 in favor of Cleveland. But honestly, 
LeBron doesn't, I'm not going to say LeBron doesn't have any help, but it's a lot of incompetence with some of the cast players, particularly one J.R. Smith. And also, man, to be honest with you, I think this officiating in this finals has been very questionable as well. I mean, game one, LeBron takes a charge. He's well, oh, you know, well, you know, he's far, he's far from the restricted area. And the refs decide to review it and make a change, uh, you know, change the call on, on, on the play. And to me, I, I feel like you, sh- you shouldn't make a call like that, when, you, know, in that t- you know, during that time of the game. I mean, I don't understand that. And then, of course, game three, I, I don't know. It's, it's, just, it's just a meltdown. I mean, they came out aggressive, but you had a sense that Golden State sooner or later was going was gonna to make this run, and they did. Thanks to Kevin Durant's forty-three was it forty-three points, uh, double-digit rebounds and seven assists. I mean, I said Cleveland in seven, and I said if Golden State ends up winning. I figured Clay Thompson would be my Finals MVP, but for right as of right now, I'll have to get the Finals MVP to Kevin Durant. I was going to say the same thing because it, it was crazy because I wanted to engage you and Ellis on the Steph Curry debate because last week y'all got into it pretty good, but. Steph Curry snapped in game two, and we're like, okay, he's, he's about to run away with this, and then he just comes out flat in game three, him and Clay, and then Kevin Durant just ignites. Game one TV, he wasn't efficient. 25, 24 points. Game two gave you the same performance, 25, 24 points, more efficient, 10 to 14 on the, on the field. And in game three, he carried Golden State the entire game. The entire game. Made critical shots when the team was down, I think, 13 points in the second, uh, second quarter made some critical shots, an and one, float away, uh, fall away jump shot, um, hit the three-pointer on Nance right in his face and was grilled before the end of the half. Kevin Love on the switch to pick and roll, absolutely could not stop him. I mean, there were so many moments for Kevin Durant. He's the MVP. He has to be. But then what does that say about Steph Curry? The narrative that you created last week, was that, again, he can't get it done in the finals. Now, again, this is going to push Ellis' button, but let's pick it up where we left off last week. He had a moment, and then he, he faded away again. What does this say about Steph Curry? That went on a roll? Say- oh, go ahead. It's talking. My fault. Let's go ahead. I'm, no, I'm sorry. I was going to say it doesn't say anything. The narrative, I mean, you went and got Durant for moments like this. It's a team sport. You need to be able to make sure that you have options when one player is not performing accordingly. I mean, Steph Curry had almost 30 points in game one and almost 30 points in game two, uh, if not more than that. So he's been, once again, he's been doing what he needs to do. It's just Durant is equally great. And if not, you know, if he has a bad game, he's been able to carry him. I mean, like you said, Durant had a bad game um, in the first game. It's just he just so happened to be carried by. Uh, Steph Curry and the rest of the supporting cast. So I think that's what you want. The, the chemistry is there, and it's a team sport. So if somebody's not hot, you, you have someone to be able to withstand that and to still be able to ultimately deliver the goods to be able to win the game. Um, let me I, ask you this it, question, though. Sure. Can I ask you this question real fast? I'm sorry. I didn't say Kevin no, Durant had a game. I said, he was, I said he was inefficient. But he still had 24 points. So if okay. that wasn't Kevin Durant that – if he had, if, if that was another player, not Kevin Durant, let's say minus the superstar part, if that happened to another player, we're praising him for 
giving the effort of 24 points despite the number of shots. Because it's Kevin Durant, it was an inefficient game, but yet he still gave you 24 points. How is that a bad game? I'm saying to say that he had a, a good game. The level of talent on that team is very much so superior, as well as it being competitive amongst themselves, that he was not the best performer on the court. It would go back to the same narrative as last year. Steph Curry averaged almost 30 points a game last year, and you guys questioned if he showed up in the playoff or in the championship. I mean, how do you question that when over the course of five games, he almost averaged 30 points a game? Because so your boy this, Durant on, this, was more dominant with his performances. I did. I never questioned Steph Curry. I never questioned that man. So let's make sure you say you guys. I didn't do that. Okay. You, <laughs> you just that. said that he doesn't get it done in the championship. That came out of your mouth when we first started no, talking I, about this. No, I, I, I said, TV, you have said that Steph yeah, Curry that has was, not gotten it me. done in the championship. That, 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 was, that was me saying that. And I, and I said that in terms I of – I never said that. It's always it's, – I, I just feel like at, the, at home, I mean, Golden State is, you know, damn near unbeatable. But watching yesterday's game and him struggling on the road – Historically, the past, what, three the past matchups against Cleveland in the finals, he's struggled on the road. So, to me, that tells me it's the pressure too much for him to deliver. I mean, you take away, like last night, you take away those 43 points from Kevin Durant. I mean, Cleveland got this game in the bag, in my opinion. I mean, well, it was no nothing. And, it's, and, and, like, I'm not taking anything away from Steph Curry. I just feel like, all right, man, you are the unanimous, you, the, you are – the first and only unanimous MVP in this league history. When it's finals time, I know you. I know. I know you're gonna deliver at home. I know you're gonna deliver at home. But the greats, the all-time greats, manage find always find a way to deliver at home. Now, Seth Curry did hit some big shots, but again, he struggled in that game. I, I mean, the entire yeah. team struggled though. Like, why is he I, being like pinpointed? Because he because no. he's, the, he's the he's the leader yeah. of the team is he not he's he's supposedly the best, he's, the second he's best one player. of the leaders he's one of the leaders like he's, he, okay, he's, 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 the, he's the highest paid okay well Draymond's hard so I, okay that's fair but I just look man you're getting paid over two hundred million you are the leader of this team this offense is, ta- is I mean correct me if I'm wrong is this isn't this offense pretty much tailored around Steph Curry and his abilities yeah it is and it's also tailored so that. If he's no, out there, he's a decoy. That's exactly what he was yesterday. He was a decoy. I they still had to defend him. They still was running the pick and roll. They were still running the switches to be able to get the, the players matches so that the boy Durant could snap off. That's what, it's a team sport. Like I know, I get, no, still, I, 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 I get, I get all that. I'm not saying you're wrong, bro. I'm not saying you're wrong at all. All I'm saying is, on the road, you you got you got to deliver for him. You can't, I can't, you I, you can't have that game. You can't have that type of game on the road. Is all is all I'm saying, bro. That's all I'm saying. So I mean, I that's, that's why they, that's so why so from last year, TV, you went from so so TV last year, you went from you know Steph Curry not being able to deliver in the finals because I remember you saying that, but yeah, at the it. same time now it's it's about what he's able to do on the road. I think that's fair. I, I think that's a fair criticism of a player who is the unanimous MVP, two time MVP, th- uh, two time champion, bound to be three. There's, I mean, he's in the conversation when you start to really talk about some of the best and the great of all time because of championship pedigree. Get it done on the road. I don't think that's bad. I, I understand why you're so defensive, but I don't think are that's we bad. Talking about, I think are that's we talking about the finals or the playoffs? 
Right now we're talking about the finals. But I mean, even in the playoffs the past couple of seasons, he was he was kind of he was MIA. But I mean, but certain things happen to but certain things happen to you that you can't control. You know, as far as getting hurt and stuff like that. But I think that's a concern that management should be you know should really pay attention to. And you know what I should that's that's what I should have said as far as you know what he he when it comes to the finals he I just need him to deliver completely. You know. Maybe I didn't choose my words correctly, and I'm not, you know, you know, I'm, try, I'm trying to clean it up. But overall, all I'm saying is, on the road, you got to, you got to be that man. Like this is your, this is his team. This What's is his fun about team. the stats? What's fun about stats, fellas, is that I mentioned it before, and I think you guys can agree with me. The narrative about LeBron James. Oh, I didn't say it. LeBron in, in NBA Finals history, there have been nine NBA Finals sweeps if the Cavaliers get swept. LeBron James would have been responsible for two of those. The narrative will be LeBron James got swept twice in the NBA final. MJ didn't get swept. Bird didn't get swept. The narrative will be there because the stats say so. But when you start to peel the onion back and really talk basketball, the X's and O's, those sweeps, was it really LeBron James' fault that the Cleveland Cavaliers gave him Antoine Jameson and Shaq to, to say go win a championship or this squad that he has right now? I wouldn't say so. But when it comes to Steph Curry, his current stats, if you look at what he's averaging in the finals and averaging in the playoffs, it's, actual, it's absolutely great. But you got to peel the onion back because there are certain games where you're looking at Steph and you're saying, dog, and most of them are on the road. So I, I don't think that's a bad narrative at all, TV. I, I'm curious to, say, or curious to think what you think about that, Ellis, because, again, stats can be very deceiving. And if you only focus on one aspect of it, which is the overall – you're right, but if you peel the onion back, this man has struggled on the road in final games. That's a fact. I am not going to deny that he has not struggled in a few games. I mean, all I can say is it's a team game. It has always been a team game when it comes to the way that the Warriors play. That's why the Warriors franchise and this whole team right now is so enticing and a lot of people want to be a part of it. So it's like as much as we want to keep trying to push this old agenda that Steph Curry has to be awesome in every game, that's not even the narrative or the type of team that they have. On any given night, any of them can snap, and that's what makes them so great. Uh, that's my argument. Like, Steph is amazing. Yes, the team is built around him. It's based off of different pieces that set up to be able to do different things. That's why Durant fits in perfectly, you know. And I actually have to no, agree you, with, uh, with, 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 with yeah, 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 yeah. I, I have to agree with that. Whoa. 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 Damn. Whoa. Damn. 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 Go ahead, yeah. no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Ladies and gentlemen, this is uh, a rare moment in history. Of this is a rare moment. <laughs> Mr. Aaron Roberts is going to deliver on the <laughs> NBA finals. say my middle name, Tamisius Palatio this, Scott Dillion. This man threw the government out there. <laughs> he threw hey, look the government out there, bro. Damn. Robert. <laughs> It's a great name, man. It's a great name. It is, man. Robert's cool, man. It, it, yeah, man. I, I'm named after my grandfather. But Both anyway, uh, yeah, I have to agree with Ellis, man. And it's, it's, it's the way this finals is set up, it's a team versus a superstar. You know, uh, in Golden State, you have a team where 
two of your top your top scorers can have bad games, you all can still end up on top. Versus your top guy on your team still has a good game, and y'all can still lose. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's a team versus a superstar. So yes, if they get swept, it's all going to be brought um, brought down to LeBron. Yes, there's going to be some more memes about uh, J.R. Smith because he was clearly uh, <laughs> drinking Hennessy uh, before all the games. And there was even a picture, I don't know if y'all saw it, of uh, him sitting out on like a hotel balcony smoking a blunt before a game. So, oh, uh, man. It's all bad. Wow. <laughs> I don't know, you know how actually, the real picture that, that I picture saw, was. Huh? The picture that I saw was Bart Simpson, um, a portrayal of Bart Simpson, but it was actually J.R. writing on the board. I I will call I will remember the score. I will remember. Yeah, yeah, I remember the score. Something like that. Yeah. So I, I've seen a lot of the memes. That was that was by far one of the best ones I've seen. I mean, yeah, and that that that's really inexcusable because, I mean, how how can you not know what the score? That, that's like the most basic thing, like knowing what the score is. And I could see if it was in the middle of a play, but you know, you standing there waiting for somebody to shoot a free throw, you can't glance up at the at the scoreboard, and you can't count to see that, okay, he missed the shot, so it's still, it's still tied up. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's inexcusable, but at the same time, like, he's going to get some of the blame, but the majority of the blame is going to be what was wrong with LeBron and why did he lose the finals again. You know what? Let's change that narrative, McGriff, because we saw uh, there was a camera view of LeBron on the bench asking, you know, did we have timeout? Teron Lou said, yeah. And LeBron, absolutely, mm-hmm. the frustration on his face was priceless. I mean, honestly, I felt for him at that point. I, I told mm-hmm. you guys when the final started that I'm becoming more of a LeBron fan. I understand him now. I get it. And I appreciate his craft. Teron Lou, man, I'm sorry. I don't know where people say that he's a good coach. I, I don't see it. Because if you know you've got timeouts and you just saw one of your guys grab the damn rebound, why don't you call a timeout? Because now Golden State is Golden State has to follow you or so Chris, defend question. you. Like, uh, go ahead. Question: Who has the the best clueless face, Tyron Lou or Jim Caldwell? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> damn. <laughs> Somebody needs to make that a meme and put it on the internet. Like, yeah, who has the best clue to face between those two people? I'm going to say yeah, Teron Lou, man, because, you know what I'm Ooh. saying? Like, I'm going to say, no, because I'm going to say Teron Lou. You want to know why? Because he has a championship. Why? And I don't care how he got that damn championship. Ellis will tell you he shouldn't have it, but he got it. So, because he's got that chip, there's no reason for him to make that blunder, dude. I, I get that JR should have called timeout. Or I get that JR should have did something other than dribble the damn ball out. I, I get that. Mm-hmm. But dog, you're the head coach. You got you gotta you gotta know the damn time. And if you know the He's time, only the head coach hey, you go, because LeBron can't get named the head coach. Hey, you know what? That's fine, bro. So hey, you know, great powers come great responsibilities. You are the head coach, you your ass should have been called a timeout. Damn, Uncle Ben died. No, my bad, go ahead. <laughs> Might as well in game Damn. one. The, the, the series was over. So, Ellis, I'll ask you, game four, I'll ask TV, is the series over or does it shift back over to, to uh, does it shift back over to Oakland? The game, the series is over, bro. 
I think this is the motivation that they need to close out. I think that LeBron is frustrated and realizes his demise is upon him already. Um, I think it's over. I think that uh, Golden State wants to do this. They want to demoralize him and destroy this man. So I think it's happening on Friday. I think uh, they're going to walk out and and pretty much dethrone him on his home, behead him and dethrone him on his home court and fly back out and celebrate. McGriff, I, I hate to ask you this question off the hill of that question because I feel like that this will be the second time in not only podcast history but probably a long time of history of knowing this man that you're going to agree with him that the series is over. Uh, yeah, I am. And I know I was talking about how rigged the, NFL, excuse me, the NBA is and how it's going to go to a game seven just because they want to uh, get their money up and people want to get checked. But uh, <laughs> I, I think – <laughs> I think that uh, the people are demoralized and they just want to let, you go, let bygones be bygones, let it be over with, let it be the off season. And, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to agree with you. And you know what, fellas? The, the, the face that they keep showing of Kevin Durant making those two three-pointers, one on Nance and one I think it was on uh, JR, the face that he made, that wasn't the face or the image of game three. Did you guys see Kevin Love's face? When Kevin Durant hit that shot, and, I mean, Kevin Love could not have played any better of defense on that man for that shot that he made. And Kevin Love threw his hands up like, I don't know what to do. His face is beat red. Yeah, he mad as hell. That was the image of game three because that's the Cleveland Cavaliers. They have no answer. They finally got players outside of LeBron to contribute to that game. Game three was a great game by Cleveland. And then no matter what, they just couldn't get it done at the end. They just said, the hell with it. We can't do it. I don't think I've ever seen that ever in, in an NBA Finals game. I don't think I've ever seen that before. Yeah, I know. I noticed that too yesterday. I mean, it's one of those things where, uh, you know how, like, you go to Cedar Point and you get the fast pass, and then you get a, <laughs> get a chance to go online again, and you got people raising their hands like, hey, hey. Jim Shorts, 
and uh, he made them uh, definitely more disciplined team, and he was a player's coach. You know, um, so I definitely recognize him for that. Um, and he was what the Lions needed at that time. He was the coach to put them back together. Like, you know how, like, if you break up and, like, out of, out of, out of a long-term relationship <laughs> and, like, you had that rebound person that helps you get yourself back together. Oh, man. Ready for, like, oh, man. Again. Oh, like, man. Uh, yeah, Jim Caldwell was that rebound coach. He, he called that man a rebound. Coach. It was it was it, it, it was, was never long term, you know. You you, you got out <laughs> got out of it what what you need to get out of it, and then uh yeah you said well thank oh, you I appreciate God. you I always remember you but uh yeah thank you <laughs> wow <laughs> somehow we still figured out how to bring the lions into this conversation like it happens every week show, thirty so you should not you should every not be show. surprised by now. I am surprised that we figure it out every single week. Okay. Let me ask this question, fellas, because if we're saying that the series is over, then we got to turn to the legacy that is. Again, I, I said it before, the narrative is LeBron James will be the ninth, we've been on the ninth team in NBA history to go to the finals and get swept. He would have been a part of two of those. LeBron's legacy would be what at this point? Because – He's he can either be a, a stay with the Cavs. At the end of the day. Well, well, let's debate that, Dom McGriff, because if he stays with Cleveland, so, maybe so. But if he goes to Houston or any other team that got superstars out there and start to build something else, that that narrative gets destroyed immediately. And y'all LeBron know, is always going to be. He is always going to be, even after he retires, even after he's long gone. He is always going to be. The player that everyone loves to hate, and that's the simple fact. If uh, yes, well, mm. I, I'll take, yes, he flops like every second he gets. But at the end mm-hmm. of the day, mm-hmm. LeBron mm-hmm. is an amazing player. He is one of the best men to ever play the game, and you can't take that away from him at all. He's always going to be um, the player that everybody loves to hate. You know what I mean? So yes. Like, there's going to be different debates. Well, he didn't win this. He got swept here. He got swept that. It's always going to be an argument of why you shouldn't like him. But at the end of the day, if you take a step back, he's a, he's a great player. He's one of the greatest to play the game. So, yeah. TV, what's your thoughts on that, man? Because I feel like as good as he is oh, – and by the way, I, it was crazy because LeBron is very predictable. I saw him on the block against Steph Curry yesterday, TV, and literally I said, stop him from going right. Stop him from going left. And, like, you know where he's going to go. He's so predictable. And then sometimes he can't – he doesn't have, like, breakaway speed coming off the block like some other players do. But most importantly, what makes LeBron great is that he's so physical, nobody can stop him when he's in the air. He can just throw people out of the way. We see that all the time. But outside of that – I'm not. I, I won't be blasphemous. I won't say what I really want to say. What do you think his legacy would be if he does leave Cleveland, goes somewhere else, like a Houston or another team like Philly, where there are already superstars there and it's kind of already dubbed as him being a champion again? What's his legacy? Um, well, to start off, uh, let's remember, um, that's part of, you know, when you become a free agent. I mean, you have the right to go wherever you want once you're a free agent, so... I think a lot of people in general forget about that. You know, they get mad at Durant and this player, but the person's free agent. They go where they want. You know, at the end of the day, it's about business. It's about winning. 
With that being said, I think his legacy, if he is, if, if he were to leave um, Cleveland for the second time, I think overall his legacy would be he's he's one of the few players that can go to any team and make them a contender. You know, you can't really you can't really say that about a lot of players that that has played this game in over what 70, 75 years of the league of the league's uh, existence. So, a guy like LeBron to you know, the first time he took Cleveland to the finals, yeah, they got swept, but they beat the number one seed in the Eastern Conference that year. Then he goes to Miami, yeah. and they go to four straight finals, winning two out of four. Then he goes back to Cleveland yep. and beating arguably the greatest um, NBA team in NBA history. So, yeah, it's, yeah. overall, his legacy is going to be wherever team he goes to, they are, they, you know, they will automatically become a contender for the championship. Hmm. Okay, that's interesting. I, I didn't think of it that way. I, I didn't think of it that way. Ellis, you you made the bold prediction of the man going to Houston. I I told you if he goes to Houston, yes, I'm not I'm not going to watch basketball. It's just not going to happen. I'm going to say this to you right. because this is fact. Chris Paul wants a max deal. His max deal will be worth five years, two hundred and one million dollars. He is also mm. the president mm-hmm. of the bas- of basketball association of the basketball players association. As the president, uh-huh. you already know if you're an advocate for max dollars, you're not going to take anything less than the max dollars because then that negates your job of being the president. I say that to say mm-hmm. that LeBron James is the vice president. LeBron James is not taking a deal anywhere that's not a max deal. James Harden is not going to take less money. Chris Paul ain't getting mm-hmm. $200 million. It's just not going to happen anywhere. How do you yeah. see him going to Houston how do you see that salary cap building out? Because right now there's got to be a lot of moving pieces for him to be a Houston Rocket. Right. Uh, I don't think it's too many pieces, Chris. I think that uh, Chris Paul and um, LeBron James will split a very hefty contract between each other. The only one that's worth over $200 million right now is LeBron James, uh, given his age. But ultimately we're, we're not going to disrespect his overall uh, basketball man skill set. He's actually had his best year in almost 15 years this year. We can't say the same for Chris Paul. Chris Paul is honestly on the decline, and I don't think he's worth 200 million. Very true. I think he's been injured. Yep. He's been injured every year. He's been injured at every critical year. times that you need him. He's been unavailable. Yep. He finally got yep. to the conference finals, and then what did finally. he do? He got injured. So it's, Took a nap. I don't know, man. I don't think he's going to get $200 million. And on top of that, he just turned down $200 million with the Clippers, who were willing to give him that based off of, you know, kind of the, the hometown hero discount, or so to speak, or to show him the love, and he turned that down. So that being said, I, I think that, that that $200 million contract, as much as he wants to say he's, he wants a max deal, that will put him into the age of 38, 38 potentially, uh, earning earning that, that type of money at that late, he will that be late earning, stage of his career. Yeah. He will be earning forty-seven point five million dollars his last year if he had a two if he had a two hundred million dollar contract. That's how much he would earn in his last year. And he plays the most critical position in the league right now. And when I say that, that means that it takes the highest the IQ, high skill set. So that being said, it, it is value in that. But let's just put it out there: he's undersized at that position at this point in time. He's undersized, yes. and he's not as athletic as what they will want for someone that's playing that position right now. Uh, I think those are strikes against him. On top of that, you factor in his age and his health. 
So I think he's going to take the – and that's why I think LeBron's going to come over there. They're, like you said, they're best friends. They're both going to go over there and find a way to split a contract to make sure that they both are getting paid a very legitimate amount of money. But at the same time, you have James Harden, who's the young, the young bull, with the with the elite veteran point guard and elite veteran power guard, you know, like factor in, sprinkle that in with Capella. Capella is probably the ideal center as far as how they, the sport is, where the sport is heading right now. And that, and then on top of that, you took Golden State to Game Seven without Chris Paul, or actually he was there. So I'm going to say that. You took Golden State to Game Seven without LeBron James. You sprinkle that in. That's that's enough to, to pretty much to pretty much dethrone uh, Golden State, and then on top of that, know that he's going to be he's going to experience an easy road on the on the eastern side of the ball too. It's when he gets to that championship, because it's going to be no disgusting. one left in the east. It is, but that's it's gross. what's about to happen. What's about <laughs> yeah. to happen? You, you guys doubted you you me when I said that your boy Durant was going over to Golden State. You didn't believe me either. No, I didn't. Doubt, I, I didn't doubt that. Well, I'm just saying. I called that out. Sometimes I'm, I'm. It's really looking like Houston's about to pull it off, man. And that's the only they team that's that played ball. competitive. The only team that's played competitive ball against the Golden State. Can I say this, fellas, the, the legacy that LeBron James will leave behind, and I'm shocked that neither one of you guys said this, is actually how bad the Cleveland Cavaliers is a terrible, mismanaged franchise. Let me put this in perspective for you. When LeBron James left, their draft picks were absolutely atrocious. They hit money with Kyrie Irving only. Favors left the squad because he couldn't get along with um, – um, Deion Waiters could, left the squad because he could not get along with Kyrie Irving. Then they went out and got that bum of a uh, power forward who's no longer in the league. And then LeBron came back. Before LeBron James left, they put rosters around this man that honestly had no business being together. Could not compete. Could not compete on the highest level. And we saw that when they got swept by San Antonio. Outclassed, outnumbered, outgunned. When Boston got put together, LeBron James solely Anthony Bennett. Okay, yep, 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 okay. Okay, so this is what the Cleveland Cavaliers put with LeBron James. So LeBron James leaves, he goes to to Miami, he comes back. He had a team. Yeah, Kevin Love, Kyrie Irving. They never acknowledged Kyrie Irving as a superstar. And even though LeBron would say the kid, the kid, the kid, the kid, ownership never really took pride in the fact that they had three elite stars in this game. Ownership didn't do that. Dan Gilbert did not do that at all. They let this man go. They let Kyrie Irving go, gentlemen. And we debated on this show, the very first show, that the Cleveland Cavaliers won the trade. And I told you all that Boston won the trade. Heated debate for like 30 minutes long. It's very evident that Cleveland lost that trade. Not only did they lose the trade, but then they had to reflip the roster with guys that are young and obviously outclassed in this finals. That's the Cleveland Cavaliers' ownership that put this together. Should LeBron James leave? Make no mistake about it. Even though they won a championship and they've been there four years straight, Dan Gilbert is the worst owner in basketball history. Bottom line, period, end of discussion. 
You got Nolan That's in the there. That's the legacy he lives behind. Yeah, well, sure. We could, you could say James Nolan, but before Tom Nolan. Morris. Championships. I'm just saying, fellas. Yeah. You have yeah. you have Kyrie Irving, and you let you let Kyrie Irving walk. You let LeBron James walk, and the reason why he left is because you gave him Antoine Jameson, freaking Mo Williams, and Shaq, and said, "Go win." <laughs> That's what you did when when LeBron was a pup, man. Can you imagine if LeBron James stayed with Cleveland this entire time and had a team around him? Come on, fellas. Y'all can't say that even Joe D, when he owned the, when, when he was a GM of basketball operations for the Pistons, you cannot tell me even Joe D would not have let that happen. So, the roster would have been built around LeBron James. They let that man walk. I mean, it's, it's some owners I can put in that category, too. Like I said, Tom Gores, um, somebody mentioned James Dolan. I mean, you can even take some of the owners from um, Sacramento. But with that being said, oh, man, I mean, yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, I don't know, man. It's 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 just hard to say if LeBron would have stayed in Cleveland. I I think if he would have stayed in Cleveland instead of going to Miami, I don't think he ever would have won a championship. You think so? I don't think so. Hmm. I think because you still had, I mean, you still had the big three. I mean, don't forget, you still had Boston, and then of course, yeah. um, I think that would honestly that's probably been the only team. Prevent LeBron from winning his championship, so he had to do it. He he did what was best for him in order to get over that hurdle and get and you know and win multiple championships. So, but overall, man, we got to look at like I think I mean, but you made a great point. We got to look at Dan Gilbert as the owner. I mean, I mean, man, it's it's, it's about to be a dumpster fire. And I think I mentioned this. I mentioned yep. this. I think when I went to go watch my watch the I think game one or game two with my cousin. I told him, I said, the players you see right now on the floor, because, you know, I think it was towards the end of the game, I said, this is what Cleveland's going to look like without LeBron. Uh-huh. So, I'm like, get, I'm like, yes, get, ready, get ready get ready, for the ships. I'm just like, uh, get ready for the storm, because it's coming. And what's so bad, man, and I think when you see this poll about the worst and most arrogant fan bases out there, I don't see Cleveland name on there, but they need to go ahead and put Cleveland name on there. The fifth Fickle-ass fans of the Cleveland Cavaliers. They fill out the stadium or the arena every single night since LeBron James is there. They fill it out. When that man leaves, you won't see a soul at the Quicken Loan Arena. Just going to call it out and there right now. all his jerseys getting burned again. Uh, and they're going to burn it. They're going to rip that damn thing. <laughs> they're going to rip that big-ass banner down like they did before, man. Come on, dog. Cleveland fans are garbage. This is a perfect time for your boy to call from Cleveland. They are. They suck. I mean, well, well, well to, to their credit, the only other team they really had to, to root for is the Browns, and you know, their their name is very uh, very, very <laughs> athlete name. So I mean, <laughs> I mean, you, you, but you, you, know you know probably what? feel the same way if you had to root for either the Browns or the Cavaliers. No, no, they, you know what? They got Ohio State out there, man. They got suck our nation. Mm-hmm. Everybody there, they they love Ohio State, man. Everywhere. I'm just saying, man, Cleveland fans suck. It's just they just the legacy that LeBron James is about to leave behind is y'all never appreciated me. Even after I delivered a championship, y'all never appreciated me. I am gone. Ugh, I can't say it on the air. I, dis- I disagree with that narrative. 
as far as, like, never okay. appreciated him after he delivered. Like, I mean, your boy Dan, Dan put out Ownership, any amount of money, okay? Uh, he put the money out that LeBron wanted him to put out. He's the reason why he gave Trenton that stupid deal. And this is before the actual, um, the actual like, TV contract kicked in. He was paying Trenton that money because of LeBron. He was giving the money sure. to J.R. Shumper because of LeBron. Like, you're not about to sit here and make it seem like they didn't put a team around this man, especially when he came back for his second stint. Okay. You had, you had me, all the people you, on you wanted on that roster. Let me debate you on that. Who's the owner of the team? Go ahead. Dan Gilbert. No, I'm asking you. Who, okay, Dan Gilbert's the owner of the team. All right. Tristan Thompson, what he did in that championship rightfully deserved an increase in pay. Why? Because it didn't he was deserve, the first it didn't deserve no eighty million. Come on, Chris. bro. Okay, okay, 80 okay. Million. Hold on a second, no. Ellis. They were down three one and there was a primary game, guard. Hold on a second though. Three one, there was a primary guard on Steph Curry for three games straight. Do you know who that person was? Tristan Thompson. A center. But you prove my guarding a guard, Chris. one of the best guards in, my in the NBA. He paid him. So for you to sit there and say that he's not taking care of LeBron, making sure that LeBron has the pieces around him, how can you say that when he kicked out the money for a dude that we all know is not worth it? He did that on the sole no, strength of LeBron he, saying, you're saying that You said that he's not worth it. I didn't say that. I said he is worth it considering what he did to Steph Curry. Nobody else did that to Steph Curry all season long. And he did it in the finals okay. as a center. If you want to go there, that's fine. But once again, the, the argument would be that you made the statement that you know, they didn't do anything for LeBron to make sure that he was squared away. That's what you said, and I'm okay. disagreeing with that. They did everything okay, for that so, man in regards to once he came back and to make sure that they set him up to be successful for his four-year run. Okay, minus maybe so, not, minus maybe this year, but this year you had turmoil amongst the locker room. So that's not solely on ownership. You had your two superstars not. Not getting along, you know, saying behind closed doors, that's what was happening. So, okay, let me ask other you a question. Other than that, go for it. What's, what's your question? How many dribble drive players have ever played with LeBron James? Dribble drive, what do you mean? People that can what? Dribble, like dribble and the ball drive to the and... basket and get their own basket and get their own shot. How many of those guys have played with LeBron James? Are we talking about in Cleveland or are we talking about throughout his career? I'm talking about in general. I'm talking about throughout his career. Dwayne Wade. And who else? Uh, Kyrie Irving. Okay. Dwayne Wade started to deplete well before LeBron James got there because all Dwayne Wade did was dribble drive to the rack all the time. Kyrie Irving was that guy that can get his own basket, his own shot. I'm not that guy to say LeBron James won that championship. I'm that guy to say Kyrie Irving won that championship because he hit that three. He did everything on the offensive side in game six and game five. LeBron James is going to be great, but Kyrie Irving had to force his will amongst Golden State and those trees to get what he got. Kyrie Irving is the reason why they won that championship. Oh, my God. Okay, how do you disagree with that? I said I'm not disagreeing with you. Oh, okay. I thought you said you disagreed. Okay, so what I'm saying no, is, I mean, if I'm you are to say... the owner, go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay, so there's only two guys that out. have the. Okay, so there's only two guys that can dribble, drive, and get their own shot, create their own shot in LeBron James history that played with him, 
and that one guy you just left, you let him go and you traded for a guy that needed hip surgery that you barely gave him any time on the court, and then you let him go. Like, okay. you got nothing for that trade, bro. You got nothing for you got You absolutely got nothing for that trade. Nothing. That's a bad move. That's management. Well, you could, as much as it's management, that's also that's LeBron James' fault, too. And I'll tell you why. LeBron James is the reason why he wanted out. LeBron James is also, he has not committed to the organization. So as much as we love LeBron and make him the hero and the night, night shining on which he is, there also hasn't been a level of commitment from this man. So now your boy Tyree got answered. He's like, you're not about to leave me here with this dump. I'm out. Get rid of me. I don't care if you're the best player in the world. F you. I don't have nothing else to prove. Get me up out of here. So he was already planning on becoming a cancer to that locker room. Now, you're going to sit there and say it's management's fault that, that's, that they had no commitment from LeBron James, which means that your other player who also didn't like LeBron James very much made it clear that he didn't want to be there anymore, courtesy of LeBron James. And then LeBron I'm James the last year of his career. How's that management's fault? It's a gift and a curse. I'm going to say, man. I, I'm gonna say I mean, that I although that – go ahead. I'm saying, though, like, that's all this, Chris, that you're trying to put on this, that's one year. This is one out of four years that he's been there. So to make the, the narrative that management hasn't done what they need to do for him, I, I mean, every year he said, I want this, this, and that. They made it happen like Thanos. Snapping the fingers, the players were there. <laughs> he shipped in. He wanted JR. He wanted Kyle Corver. He wanted his little shooters to space the floor. He got them. He had uh, Fry. He had Corver. He had Kyrie. He had Kevin Love, who they wanted. As soon as he got there, he said, ship out Wiggins. I don't care about that dude. Give me I want Kevin Love. Like, all this has happened over the stint of him being there for four years. So, And then on top of that, the only year that you say that you might have in question is this one. And that all happened because your two superstar players wasn't getting along. That don't, that's not necessarily so, management's fault. Well, what I'm saying is, okay, you got an argument for sure, and I can't believe you're supporting Dan Gilbert. I can't believe you even did that. But I'm not supporting Dan Gilbert. Is, he, he put the cash okay, out there, right. though. So he did. He did. And I'll give you that. But what I am simply saying is if I look across the landscape of the NBA, man, I get that LeBron James is that man. But I'm sorry, fellas, and maybe I'm just naive. I don't see that in Golden State. I saw, You know what I see in Golden State? This is what I see. I see player development. I see that they go out and draft guys, and I see a Golden State squad that honestly are playing rookies, second-year, third-year players, in the NBA Finals, in the, in the Western Conference Finals where this team has been built to beat you, these young studs are putting in time and putting in work because player development is key. When I look across the landscape and they're equal and they're rival, the Cleveland Cavaliers, I'm looking at the player development there. Who's developing any type of talent there? The young studs never get any time. They got these old-ass dudes that are not making buckets when it matters the most. And then when it's, when it's time to really put up or shut up, when you made all these trades, you go out and get older cats and cats that have not even proven themselves in this league. The only one that did was, was George. And you saw how he shrunk in game one. So I'm simply saying that, yeah, LeBron James asked for this. Yes, he did. But when it was time for the ownership to actually showcase or do something, instead of firing David Black, you should and then hired Teron Lou, you should have went out and got a proven coach to help the player development of this team. Because actually LeBron James 
has some of the best shooters on his team right now because this team is one of the best three-point shooting teams in the regular season this season. That was after the trades. So I'm, I, it, it's not a bad roster, but at the end of the day, if ownership is not giving you anything and the players are not developing, who are you going to point the finger at, LeBron? That's not LeBron's fault that players ain't developing. It's not LeBron's fault, but he plays a role as to what you just said, how over at Golden State, they have something there. They have or they have organization stability where they don't allow the star player to dictate who exactly. comes to the team and who plays. Whereas with Cleveland, I mean, to to go back when you guys were talking about Tristan Thompson, I remember LeBron coming out saying, we need Tristan Thompson. He should get signed. He should get X, O, Y, and Z. And here we are, Tristan Thompson getting all this money, but he hasn't delivered. So I agree with the whole player development thing, but it's hard to do that when – you know, in a way, I'm not going to say ownership's at the mercy of LeBron, but, you know, LeBron, I'm pretty sure LeBron has, has some words of ownership as to say he can get rid of this guy or this guy should get this and that. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure, him being the superstar that he is, in a way, he has crippled this organization, and we're, start, and we're seeing that. Yeah. I guess, I guess there's no right or wrong answer to this. I just said, I, honestly, I, if you guys – there's a strong debate that Dan Gilbert is up there, one of the worst owners of NBA. Oh, no, 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 no question. <laughs> no, 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 question. That. <laughs> no, no, no question. question uh, no, no question at all. No question at all. I'm with you, but I, I'm just debating on the fact, like, you know, saying that I, I hate when people – I don't want nobody painting this narrative that LeBron got left hanging and they didn't do right by this man to make sure that he he was successful. Sure, I might be wrong on that. I'll be wrong on that. I'll be wrong on that. But can we can – we, to, to TV, what you just said, and I appreciate you again elaborating on it, player development. Golden State probably does it better than any other team. There's a rookie they out do. there, hey. or Jordan Bell. He's out there balling, fellas. He's out there balling, catching lobs in the NBA Finals. McCall was out there doing the same thing last year. Like, this JaVale squad McGee. develops Look. players, man. JaVale McGee, the resurrection of him. JaVale McGee. In, in fairness, though, JaVale McGee was averaging a double-double when he was with Denver Nuggets. So, I, but I'm I get just, what you're saying. I'm he, just saying. He, I get what you're saying. On the defensive side of the ball, he's a monster, man. I'm, I'm, he, I'm he, not going to lie. Right? He, he's he's out there. He has a strong presence on. Strong presence on defense. But, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, but that's why I love Golden State. I hate when people be, oh, they got four superstars. Like, well. <laughs> Three out of the four dudes was in the gym every night. Is developed, you know, putting in work. Yeah, exactly. Like you know, yeah. one would question what the rest of the league is doing while other people ain't doing now, doing what they doing too. Let Let me ask this quick question because we run out of time. So Golden State put together a, a four headed monster out there. If Houston does the same thing, I I understand what you're saying, Ellis. But the truth is, I feel like what we're saying about Golden State and the hate that comes their way will come straight towards Houston, and Houston is rightfully so. They deserve the villain title of, you know, whatever people are saying about Golden State now. They deserve that. They would deserve I'm that. Just putting would it out you there. agree with that? There's only two there's – there's three teams that have shown that they have the skill set for player development. The Boston Celtics, yep. the Golden State Warriors, and sadly I have to put them in here. Okay, Spurs, excuse me. Philadelphia mm-hmm. four of them. Philadelphia 76ers. And, and Philadelphia. I hate to get exactly. I hate to give Philly the credit, <laughs> but they have shown <laughs> you was going there. the capacity yeah. to be able to develop the players. These are homegrown players that are drafted and they, you know they're they're developing them 
and they're coming into their own. And they're sprinkling in some pieces like J.J. Reddick, a few of those cats, to space the floor out. So, I mean, that being said, you know, we got to stop hating on Golden State's greatness. And then, like I said, Houston would deserve all the hate in the world because all those players were just hand-picked dudes that was dominant for their previous teams, and they put them on one team with each other. You know, and and they're just hoping it works. So, I mean, you got – it's two different types of teams. You, I mean, if you look at it, if there's only four teams that's doing that out of, what, 30? That that just lets you know that, you know, it's something special and it's not really it's not, it's not really a consistent trend right now that people really know how to develop these teams. So you've got to give credit to those, those four organizations that's been consistent with, with that. And the, scouting, and, and the scouting department, too, by the way. Oh, yeah. It starts with the scouting, for sure, which the NBA draft is around the corner. Gentlemen, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but – there are only certain teams that can put themselves in the echelon of the Michael Jordan and up club, meaning six championships are up. The Golden State Warriors will be able to put themselves in that category of six titles as a franchise if they get it done tomorrow night, which sounds like that they will. Um, real fast, fellas, um, thoughts on Jerry Galangelo being X'd out of Philadelphia because his wife is creating burner accounts? Real fast, does anybody have a thought on that before we go? Goodbye. Uh, goodbye. 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 <laughs> AOL, man. Wow. Wow. <laughs> fun fun show, fellas. Fun show, man. Facts all over the place. Uh, tune in next week. It might be the last show next week. We don't know. If the series is extended, we can, can keep going. But this might be the last show of the season next week. So, C. Davis, BL is TV, AA, Ryan. You guys have a good night. Enjoy the rest of the finals. Yes, sir. Hockey's taking place right now. We'll see you all next week. Peace. All right.